Welcome to episode 180 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. We're just under two weeks away from opening day for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, which is coming up on April 11th, 2018. And this week, I had the pleasure of talking with several members of the Blue Wahoos front office staff, talking about getting ready for opening day and what they do just to prep for baseball in general. We're talking creative services, merchandise, operations, broadcast, and sales. So, All types of avenues of minor league baseball you'll be hearing about today. And thank you to all the front office staff who took the time uh, to chat for a few minutes. And it's a very busy time for us. And it's fun, you know, every year featuring the Blue Wahoos, a place that I've had the pleasure of working the last few years on my podcast. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. But first, I have to tell you about our proud sponsor, Audible. This week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Sitting here at Blue Wahoo Stadium with my first special guest for this episode, my partner in crime, the guy who sits to my right every single day, Creative Service Manager, Mr. Adam Waldron. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's another another podcast in the books. I should have counted your appearances before it's we like, started. That was That's my fault. It's sooner, in the 20s. Sooner or later, I'm just going to put the infinity sign up. Might as well. We're somewhere in, I think, the early to mid twenties. When we get to, when we get to the thirties, tell me I'm gonna puke. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, kind of talking a little bit about last season, we actually added something that I thought was quite cool. We got the opportunity to be on broadcast television. Yes. So why, why don't you tell everybody the process that we had to go through to do that? Well, you know, it, it started off early in the season when uh, I think it was Blab TV approached us about upgrading some of our systems, and we'd been looking at going HD, and uh, th- that was obviously one of the big um, things that held us back in the past, is that people want and expect nowadays to see things in high definition. I mean, it's just kind of one of those, those natural things. If you think about what 10 15 years ago probably not even that long we were still standard was still four by three Mm -hmm. i mean uh, it was just then that everybody went digital you know and so to see how in such a short amount of time uh you know hd really took hold as being the 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 standard you know and uh so we 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 kind of we started the process doing that we ran into a few roadblocks early but we were able to get through through that with a little bit of help um and uh, then, you know, we, we made the conversion and that was a big jump because, uh, that made us relevant again in the TV markets. Uh, and then obviously I think it was CST approached us about, about being on television. We're already on television with blab. Uh, so they picked up the remainder of the games that blab wasn't airing. Uh, and we were on TV for the rest of the season and it really gave us a chance to kind of stretch the legs and see, well, wait a minute, we, we might be able to make something really, really cool out of this. And and we started, you know, coming up with new ideas for, you know, CG and graphics and had trying to make it look like an ESPN broadcast or a, a Fox uh, baseball broadcast as much as possible. And, you know, we, we kind of took the approach that if we did a good enough job, hopefully that this would be something that would, would be kind of more permanent in the future and, you know, happy to report here this year we've got 70 games on cst and we've got like 35 games weekend games on blab tv so uh the tv business is booming you know well it's funny because you kind of to give the listeners some some history you know we've we've talked for years about oh it'd be awesome if we were on tv every night so you know now it's it's actually happened and you know, it was uh, to tell everybody a little bit about kind of the process and, and one of my favorite things to do now, even though it, it, it's it's a little bit of work on my end. But when we do the pregame open, you know, we set up with Tommy and Chris in the radio booth and we do like a three to four minute open. And then my job is to put it together because mm-hmm. I've always loved, you know, the the little quick pregame 
shows or bits before like a baseball game or a football game. So doing that to me, it was like, okay, we're, we're for real. Yeah. Well, and I think it's something that's recognizable. I I think one of the, the biggest instances, at least in my mind of, of like that kind of open style is when Sunday night football comes on and they always start with Al Michaels and he's, you know, he started talking, talking about the, the matchup that evening and they always pull out to that two shot with him and Chris Collinsworth. Like to me, that's what, when I hear about opens and things like that, that, and obviously Jim Nance's opens for golf Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. So to add those little things, I think go in a long way to make our broadcasts, um, something that, uh, not only people will want to watch, but will sit there and say, wow, this is actually, you know, a high quality. This is just like watching something on, on a network. Right. Now, for those who haven't heard before, uh, what's what's your daily process? Like, say we, we get to the stadium, it's game day. Mm-hmm. What's your process of getting ready? Uh, my process is, you know, I get Your to, things that you have to do. I get to lay around on the floor for a while uh, while you do the script. Uh, I, I might get up around 1030 and go to the bathroom while you're getting all the graphics loaded. Around <laughs> noon, I'll go and have a two-hour lunch. While, uh, while you go ahead and load crossfire for the day, around 3.30 rolls around. You guys are shooting the open. I'm doing yoga, just trying to calm down before the game. And then, you know, 5 o'clock hits, and then I take over. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> no, no, no. I think uh, I think we have a, a we hit the ground running bright and early. Uh, you know, we, we have the, those couple hours before our meeting. It really gives us time to... Uh, figure out what we're going to do that game because each script that we write each day is custom unique um, it's not going to be the same thing you're never going to see the same thing twice as far as exactly the same script uh, from day to day so we've got to make those updates we always have um, new sponsors and partners coming into the ballpark we have interviews we have performances uh, so it's really just coordinating all that stuff as well as preparing uh, for the broadcast um, obviously you know we do the promotions production and uh, on-field activities for the Wahoos so it's it's getting all that stuff ready game day meetings important that gives us a chance to go over you know our anthem singers color guards anything along the lines of that that's happening out on the field uh, and then it's that slow grind you're printing off you're printing off scripts uh, usually around four o'clock. yeah we're loading we're loading the show uh, you know I'm not usually working on some type of graphics or, or preparing us for the next day's game uh, by that point in time and uh, yeah then once uh, five o'clock hits staff arrives we start setting up cameras we go through our pregame then we roll into uh, we roll into the game and and my main job is to Make sure all that runs as smooth as possible. And last question, can you talk about some of the promotions we've got? Because I I feel like we've got a couple of cool things coming up. Yeah, we actually got a lot of exciting things this year. Um, You know, we spent some time in the offseason, you and me, Derek, brainstorming this type of stuff and trying to figure out, you know, what would be really cool for the fans uh, to see. And uh, I think coming up in in April, obviously, we have opening day. We have a lot of uh, championship ceremonies that will be going on. That's one day that I'm, like, telling everybody, I'm, like, make sure you make it to pregame because we're going to have, like, the banner-raising ceremonies. We have ring Ring presentations. presentations, We got, I think, a message from Bubba and, like, all of these fun things uh, going on. And I think it's going to be one of our more fun opening days. Not to say that... Not every opening day is fun, yeah. but this one I think we're going to have a lot of new, unique, unique things from what we're used to doing. A lot of pageantry to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then, uh, obviously, we'll have some fire. We have fireworks on Saturday. We'll have uh, a replica ring giveaway on Friday, um, which will be really cool for the first uh, couple thousand fans to the ballpark. Uh, and then, you know, later on in that month, we start into our theme nights, and I think we've got three new uh, kind of things that we're doing there. Obviously, military Mondays. Uh, which is going to be really cool. We, we've we've never really captured, I think, a a, a really military specific night of the week, and um, we want to just try it out on our Mondays because uh, it was a flexible night for us, and something that we thought would be cool is if we could, you know, offer a discount to military members. Um, you know, we're looking at doing a, a special video series um, and having some pageantry there as well every single Monday. Um, and, uh, then tap and taco Tuesday, which was kind of your, your brainchild. That was your creation. Yeah. Well, I went back to, I went to promo seminar in, I think it was Greenville back in September. And someone had the idea of doing a tap and taco night, 
where you basically do like a craft beer and taco pairing. So I thought to myself, well, we could do something like that. And we don't have a ton of things going on on Tuesdays. And craft beer wouldn't take away from Thirsty Thursday, which is domestic sales. Mm. So I thought, and it's Tuesday, it's tacos, everybody loves tacos, so... Well, and I think, it, I think it gave us a chance also, you know, when you look at, you know, when we're looking at things to do for promotions wise, you know, looking at the demographics and, and looking at, you know, trying to gain young attendance, you know, younger mm-hmm. attendance, uh, trying to get them out and ingrained in, in baseball culture, especially minor league baseball, um, is kind of difficult to do. So, uh, you know, the plan is to kind of create this cool, chill atmosphere, uh, almost a gentrification of the of the ballpark, you know, yeah. uh, just to kind of have that arts district feel, you know, um, and have uh, have have a craft beer and taco special. I mean, the, the taco craze is taken off across the country. I mean, you see taco trucks all the time and stuff like that. Uh, so I think it's I think something where we can bring an entirely different feel to the ballpark that might cater to um you know maybe a younger crowd that might just want to come out enjoy a brew enjoy some great food and kind of get get to know baseball for sure and ultimately rounding out that promo night is game show night which is something that we've kind of been successful in the past about game show night is going to be on the wednesday uh of the second home stand i can't remember the date off the top of my head uh and we're going to do fun things. I want to say it's the 25th. Yeah, I want to say that's that's right, too. Yeah. And we're going to do all sorts of fun fun activities and, and different things. So we've got a slam-packed year of promotions. Well, I do want to throw this one out there because I'm a little biased, but it was kind of a thing on my bucket list. So we did Star Wars Night a few years ago, <laughs> and we've been trying to do it again ever since. Yeah. But we, we got the licensing right from Lucasfilm. Yeah. To use the content. So we have a home game that's on May 4th, which is widely known as Star Wars Day. I don't know why. <laughs> May the 4th be with you. <laughs> I, I don't know who came up with it, but, you know, we'll have videos, music. We'll have the 501st out here, which is a local we'll uh, have group a, of Star we'll Wars We'll have fans. a roundtable debate on whether Last Jedi was great or not. <laughs> Those who are fans can go back and listen we, to it. We should <laughs> have a panel down on the concourse. You know? I mean, I'm I'm down. I don't yeah. know if they would allow both of us to be down there, but <laughs> I'm sure they could figure it out. But, uh, but no, fun stuff coming yeah. up. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. We have a fun season planned, uh, so I think it's it's going to be fun to have baseball back uh, here at the Bayfront. Sitting here with the director of merchandise for the Blue Wahoos, Miss Anna Striano. How's it going? Great. How about you, Derek? Doing good. We're sitting here in the... Cincinnati Reds executive suite at approximately 4.06 p.m., wrapping up another workday. We're two weeks away from the season, which is kind of insane to think about. Yeah, I feel like it was just December. It really does. And now we're on the, the home stretch, and it's crunch time. Yeah. So you've been here a little over a year now, a year and mm-hmm. maybe a month or so? Yeah. How, how's your time been here? It's been hectic, but it's been good. What, what, what have been some highlights? Uh, winning the Southern League Championship, that was a highlight. I mean, that I don't know. Everything else is a blur. Well, that, that's kind of <laughs> what people don't really think about is that all the days kind of blend together. Yeah, no, definitely in the middle of the season. It's just one giant Monday. Well, it's like, you know, if a homestand starts on a Thursday, that's our Monday. So that would be... It's Monday number two because we've we've already yes. done Monday. That is true. That's That's very true. So tell everybody a little bit about your your job. What what do you do with the Blue Wahoos? I do all all of the things. I like Derek said, I'm the director of merchandise. So I make sure first of all that the team has jerseys to wear. Super important. I also make sure that we have giveaways to give our fans. Secondly, super important. And then I get to shop with other people's money. And just Which is always fun. It's always super fun. I get to just buy all this these cute shirts that I would wear and then sell them to people our good fans here. Well, what are some of the the new things that you've ordered cuz you got quite a new batch of yeah, things in the I store. Yeah, I kind of just overhauled it. I think we in the past had a pretty generic, you know, it was very distinct this is Blue Wahoo's gear and this is what you're going to get. Right. So, I kind of tried to add a little West Coast flavor to it. It's all a little different. 
we'll see how it goes. It could just blow up in my face and we don't sell anything. But I'm excited about all the new stuff that's come in. It's all pretty interesting. We got to work with some new people this year that we haven't worked with in the past. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Right. Because if not, it's a hefty. hefty. Well, I, I personally think all the new stuff is really cool. You know, we, we did a video shoot the other day, which as of this recording hasn't been released yet, but mm-hmm. it'll be out on the social media soon. But, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's good to it's good to shake things up, though. I think so. I think it was getting a little stale. Yeah. Everything was, you know, copy paste. It all looked a lot alike. So. And as a little tease, we've got uh-huh. some pretty cool Star Wars and Marvel shirts. We do. Retro Brand got the licensing to that. So they were able to make it really cool and really retro looking, which I think works really good with both of those brands. So I practically melted when I saw the Star <laughs> the Wars The Star shirt. Wars stuff is really cool. I wish we could have done a lot more with it. Mm-hmm. But it's cool it's that just it, for one night yeah it's Can't go crazy it's cool that we have that though because you know we had a game fall on may 4th which is mm-hmm. widely known as star wars day so we we decided to we just kinda, know, do, do as much as we yeah, could with took it. it and run with it ran with it and yeah then at winter meetings i saw the new star wars stuff and it was i ordered it then without even looking at artwork <laughs> <laughs> it was like we need that and we need that and also that and and, and that too three of them all of the things. I tried. I lobbied for all of the things, but they had probably eight art mm-hmm. pieces for Marvel and eight art pieces for Star Wars. So. But you got some of the things. I got some of the things. Which is better than none of the things. We'll see. <laughs> so take everybody through what your game day routine is. So you, you get here <laughs> on a game day. What do you have to do to prep? I get here um, 9 a.m. Everybody else, depending on if we've had a game the night before... I'll count, you know, make sure money is how it needs to be. And that usually takes me up until our our game day meeting, which is 11. We all get together, go over what's happening in the game, how much, you know, money was made the night before, what our per caps were, what we're expecting to do tonight. And then after that, it is a very quick lunch, hopefully no tarp pulls, but probably one to three. (laughs) And then restock for for the game takes me right up until game day staff gets here at about five. Then we have a quick meeting and gates are at, well, I guess they're at five this year because we push games back. So game day meetings will be at 4.30. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I'm just there's realizing. A, an extra crucial 30 <laughs> there's minutes. There's an extra 30 minutes of restock. Yeah, so then we just meet with the our game day staff and kind of get them going, make sure everybody's in the right spot for gates right at five. And then uh, during the game, I kind of just run around with, like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to make sure everybody's happy and everybody's able to take a break and nobody's dehydrated dying i just realized this i think it's just a wide department you know thing that their game day staff gets here at five because that's Mm -hmm. when ours gets here too yeah i mean i try to get them here about a half an hour before gates that way we have enough time to have a little pregame huddle they know what to expect they know where they're supposed to be and then they have about 10 minutes to run to the restroom yeah grab something to drink before the game starts fun stuff it's so fun the last thing i did want to say and i meant to say this in the intro not only do you, you know, take care of all the merchandise and everything, you're also a pretty good travel agent because you help book my, <laughs> help me plan my I recent did vacation. Plan your entire vacation, but so it was a you're good thing. Welcome, because I would have had no idea what I was. No, doing. LA's a, it's huge. It's sprawling, and there's so much to see. And in the amount of time that you were going, we wanted to be sure that you could see everything you wanted to see. So and everything I wanted you to see. Shout was, out to you and Donna Kirby for taking care of that. You're welcome. You so, just have to take us on your next LA trip. And then you can get like the true locals experience. Well, then you can also be a tour guide. Yeah. I don't think I'd be a good tour guide, but I could show you all of the places not to go. That's fair. All but that's also very important, though. Yeah. No, there's a lot of places there you don't want to end up. <laughs> so you've told me. I'm glad you avoided them. That you made it back safely. <laughs> I, I did survive, thankfully. So can't wait to go back out again but uh thanks for stopping by for a few minutes to talk about your time with the wahoos thank you derek you kind kind man sitting here with the group sales manager for the pensacola blue wahoos mr jamie briggs how are you sir doing well derek how are you doing good doing good thanks for taking the time to to do this interview i know we're as of this recording two weeks away from opening day and you can you can feel the the anticipation around it, here. Yeah, you can you can definitely feel it. It is uh, everybody seems to be getting in gear and getting things going. So it's uh, it's not too far away. Fourteen days, and uh, we'll be playing baseball. 
So as group sales manager, what what exactly does your job entail? Like what, what do you do? Okay. Well, the group sales department uh, is charged with booking groups of 25 or more coming out to the ballpark. So that could be a group outing where people just come and all sit together. Party decks, which include 90-minute buffet with you know hamburgers, hot dogs, things like that. Uh, they can do the Sunny's package. We have a lot of different options there. And then we also have our field of dreams where the kids get to go out on the field. We have our birthday parties, team parties. Uh, we just have a lot of different offers for uh, for different groups. And basically, if you're any group you're a part of, could probably come out and find something they want to be be in the ballpark. So, as a group sales manager, I just kind of manage that department and make sure that uh, we're doing everything the right way and and treating everybody uh, with good customer service and getting things done. Well, the cool thing about the the stadium is that you have three different party decks. Right. You know, if you bring out a large group, you've got uh, blue chair, which is a yep. covered deck out on left field. Correct. You've got Coors, which offers probably the best view in the whole that ballpark. That is my favorite one. And then Winn-Dixie. So if you've got a really big group, yes. you, you've got three different tiers that you can sit your group in. Yeah, so. and that, that's what's great about it. Like you said, the blue chair bay deck, uh, that, you know, minimum 50, but it gets exclusive. But 50 to 75 people, then Coors Light, you have your about 100-person party deck, and then Winn-Dixie with your 200-person party deck. And then you have the nights where somebody takes up all three and they bring 500 people out here. So that's usually more of a corporate sponsorship type right. event. But it is uh, it's nice when we have that many people out here. For sure, for sure. I know, uh, I've know i got a friend of mine who works for Pinair, and their, their night that they came out, he was part of that group that was yeah. on the Winn-Dixie deck, and it was just slam with people i think they yeah. had like 500 or oh so. yeah they, they bring about 500 and it's interesting because you look at that and you're like man there's gonna be 500 people out here it's actually the easiest ones because you only have one person you have to deal with mm-hmm. uh, as your point of contact where those nights when we have 10 and 12 different groups you're running around like crazy because you're having to check on 10 and 12 different people um with the party decks and that just kind of gives you more more things can go wrong obviously so yeah for sure they never do but yeah so, you know, you've been here, you're going on your third season. Correct. You, third you started season. the first year that I was hired as full-time. So yep. um, what what have been some of your, your personal favorite highlights? Like, a, you know, specific moments or, like, things we do, you know, that are kind of routine every game? Um, some of my favorite – I always – Love the moments right before the gates open when it's kind of a everybody's getting into position. I always walk the party decks right be, right about that time, and you can just kind of feel it in the air. The music's going. You guys have some stuff playing. The guys have you know kind of broken down from batting practice, and you can just tell it's about to be a, a an event. And it's just it's a that's probably my favorite time. Um, but as for you know kind of different events, uh, having Rintaro here, the our um, Japanese intern when he did the uh, the the balloons i yep. can't remember what the jet balloons the yeah. jet balloons that was a pretty cool event um and just some of our mardi gras last year the mardi gras parade we had in this in the stadium uh just those great nights uh rally foundation when we had the uh the superhero night and we had the movie you know, we, we basically wrote a movie script for uh the rally kids and and those kind of nights where some where people are just having a you know making lifelong memories because i remember as a kid going to I lived in Spokane, Washington, and going to Spokane Indian games, mm-hmm. um, and just I still remember those nights. I met Tommy Lasorda there. Uh, just great, great memories, and knowing that we're kind of creating those for for future generations is is pretty cool. Yeah, and we're gonna get a chance to do the Rally Foundation night again, and definitely that that was something that you know we kind of got to put our own because everybody who knows me knows I'm a huge nerd, mm-hmm. so getting to add that twist to it. But also seeing, because you know, we did a skit in the production room, and seeing how much fun they had oh, yeah. and how much they got into it was just awesome. Oh, at the end of the game, um, I was down in the tunnel. I was having to pass by all the kids, and they're, I've been working with them all week trying to get everything straightened out and, and get the pictures done. And I'd been meeting these kids all week, and then at the end of the game, I walked by, and they're like, you have to go on the field with us. You have to fight. I can't remember who they were fighting in, at that scene. They're like, you have to fight with us. And I was like, I'd love to, but I can't. But just how excited they were and how excited the parents were was just a really, just a cool, cool thing. So I think it's a really cool thing that, you know, we've, you know, my department and your department's really kind of come together and working to put those, those theme nights together. And Rally Foundation's a great example yeah, it's a great of that. example. And for me, that's one of the best parts about the job because – you could come in and just sell group outings and mm-hmm. kind of my first year, that was where I saw we had a major disconnect um, with different events. You know, we're planning these great 
theme nights and we're trying to do all these different things to really bring entertainment because I mean, it's minor league baseball. I'd say most of the attraction is the non baseball entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to do all these things to really create an atmosphere in the ballpark, but we're not selling to groups that would be interested. You know, we're right. not, we're not connecting the dots on that. And that was something that I think, uh, myself and, and you and Adam as well, uh, wanted to make sure we were doing those things where it's like, Hey, let's really tie all the, the groups and the, the nights that we've got, you know, for doing like a Mardi Gras night. Well, Hey, let's really make it, let's blow it out of the water and, yeah. um, and make sure. Cause I mean, if we have a Mardi Gras night, but we don't invite any Mardi Gras crews and we don't what's try the to point. Yeah. What are we doing? So, um, just really connecting the dots on that and making it a, a bigger deal. I think, well, it increases the fan experience for one, but it also makes, I think, our job a little more fun because yeah. we're getting to experience all these things. And then, um, I mean, the Mardi Gras parade last year, that was one of my favorite, favorite mm-hmm. things we did. And then, you know, and then we're doing you know, moon piting contests and things like that. And it just makes it makes it a lot of fun. I remember being out um, outside the outfield gate, you know, with the parades lined up and I'm shooting footage mm-hmm. of it and whatnot and just seeing how like amped everybody was. Yeah. And then when it got started you know everybody's yelling and throwing stuff and everything it was was really cool yeah they're having a great time and just seeing how the uh you know even i remember some of the kids of the 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 mardi gras crew that you know their kids were like oh we want to go in there like no kids can't you know they were following like mardi gras rules like the kids can't be in the parade and all this kind of stuff so it was uh it was fun to to interact with that and just makes you know and then actually this year at mardi gras i was walking around before one of the parades and all the people are stopping me and saying, oh, we can't wait for Mardi Gras night to be back. At, you know, they were really excited about coming back to the Wahoos. So it just kind of really ties back into the community. And I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, being from Pensacola and understanding what Mardi Gras is about mm-hmm. um, and being to tie that back into the to the Wahoos experience. Um, it's just it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So if people want to book a group outing, how can they do it? Oh, uh, man, there's a few different ways they can do it. So they can the easiest way is to give us a, uh, a phone call here at the stadium, and that's uh, 850-934-8444, and just ask for somebody in the group sales department. Um, I'm the manager back there, but we have some really uh, good sales guys and girls back there that can take care of you and get you, get you taken care of. Um, they can always go online. All our forms are available online. You'll see our email, um, groups at bluewahoos.com or group sales at bluewahoos.com. And uh, you can just reach out to us. Um, and if you know anybody that works for the Wahoos, just give them a, you know, say, hey, we're interested in booking a, a group. So how do, I, how do I do that? Before we continue this awesome chat with the Blue Wahoos front office staff, I have to remind you that for you, the listeners of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And they have a ton of books to choose from, from fiction, nonfiction, sci-fi, gaming, romance, sports, any genre you can think of, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is a great service to have to be able to continue to read without having to sit down and read a physical copy. And to do that, just go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Sitting here with the Vice President of Operations for the Blue Wahoos, Miss Donna Kirby. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Derek. Thanks. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. good. We are, as we're recording this, we are exactly two weeks away from opening day. Can you believe how fast the off-season is going? No. What off-season? Right? Right? (laughs) Yeah. I always joke that it's like we don't have an off-season. It's just we don't have baseball games at night. Yeah. You know? It's great. We want that. We want to be busy, right? Yeah, yeah, we've got the... Press box signage was put up today. We've Looks got a so few good. billboards out after getting the new wall. So it's starting to look the like a ballpark. Foul again. poles are painted back yellow. And we mm-hmm. got Bailey out on the field running around supervising everybody. And it's good. Baseball's coming. I think she's the most popular front office staff oh, member. Like, without easily. a doubt. No, without a doubt. I think she gives Billy Hamilton a run for his money yeah. in, in uh, popularity. Because I mean, soon we're going to have, you know, the Bailey executive suite instead of oh, the Reds executive suite. Oh, it's happening. No, that's happening probably this season at some point. Um, I was down in Destin over the weekend and I, I ran into a fan. Oh, yeah. And we we're talking about the Wahoos and all that stuff. And he was brought up Bailey. Yeah. And I got to bring my dog to meet Bailey and all this. And I thought, oh, my gosh, word has spread. She's a celebrity. She really is. So tell us a little bit about uh, what your job entails as VP of operations. Right. Right. So as VP of operations... 
Um, basically, the nuts and bolts of it is overseeing all of the operation of the park with the ushers and security and uh, the cleaning crew and all that stuff. But really, it's more of the game day experience for the fans. You know, the Blue Wahoos are on the map for providing excellent world-class uh, game experience. And we want to keep that level going. You know, we've we've got um, major league and minor league teams reaching out to us about, you know, at least once a month asking us what we're doing here at Pensacola. And I think that, that uh, that's just a testament to what our, our game day staff does. Our game day staff is into it. They're engaged. They love having the fans here. They treat the ballpark like it's their own living room. So I think we're very lucky in that aspect, you know. So overseeing all of that, uh, when the fans aren't here, it's basically making sure is the stadium up to snuff safety wise? Does it look good? You know, are we holding up our end of the bargain for the fans coming through for tours and all that stuff? Uh, and just, you know, staying ahead of it. So we've got a world class facility. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, when you get to the stadium on mm-hmm. a game day, what's your what's your routine, mm-hmm. if you will? Like, Because so, we all get here roughly around nine. Yep. So what do you do on a daily basis to prep for a game? Yeah, so basically, uh, on when we're in the season, my very, very first thing that I do is I get to my desk and I look up the survey scores from the previous night. Because, you know, we're so metrically driven. We do so much surveying of fans, of employees, of sponsors, of, you know, anything you can think of. We've probably surveyed it, right? And uh, so the first thing I do when I come in is check our survey scores, because a lot of times, um, you know, they're great most of the time. Fortunately, you know, we like to stay ahead of that. But sometimes there's an urgent need to reply to a fan before we go into our staff meeting. You know, we have those pregame meetings in the morning, Mm -hmm. uh, but there might be a a burning need to reply to a fan right away and find out, you know, maybe they had a terrible experience for whatever reason the night before. If I can call them and reach out to them as soon as possible, that's what I want to do. So that's the very first thing I do. Then I'll look at the scheduling for the night and see who's in, see who's out, what availability for our ushers and kind of plot out. For the most part, the ushers don't really change too much. They stay in their same spots. But again, availability plays a a critical role in that. So I've got to figure out who's going to cover what areas, you know, and what do we have going on theme wise tonight? Are we going to need any extra help on the field that I should send people down for? So really kind of getting my arms around the game from an operational standpoint. And then we go into our pregame meeting and talk about it and uh, before you know it, it's time to have our pregame meeting with the with the staff, our actual game day staff mm-hmm. at 5 o'clock. And so 5 o'clock hits, we get them fired up, open the gates at 530, and first pitch is at 630. So before you know it, the day is over. It, it really does fly by. And, you know, oh. it's, it's almost once the the game actually starts, it's like a calming period. It really is. It's that liftoff. It's like going down the runway, and then finally once that first pitch is thrown, it's like, now we can all take a breath, and right. we got the fist, first pitch going, and, and the game is off the ground. So, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a calming factor. What are some of your favorite things that you enjoy, like, around the stadium? It could be, like, a an on-field thing. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, something that we might do in the front office. What What are some yeah. some highlights and things you enjoy? Because, I mean, you, you've been here since day one, correct? Day so, one, yeah. So, you know, you, you've seen a lot of stuff. I haven't missed a game. I, I've never missed a Blue Wahoos game. So and I'm, I'm proud of that. I want to keep the streak going. Right. But, you know, as um, you know, it sounds cliche to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. And it is truly from the bottom of my heart. I love getting out and talking to the fans, going around the concourse. And especially that first homestand, that first opening homestand of the season. It's like getting the gang back together, you know, and all the hugs and what have you been doing? And we haven't seen you for so long. You know, that's such a neat feeling. You know, our ushers and our fans become almost family. We've our ushers have gone to weddings and, you know, high school graduations for their kids. And uh, they just become involved in the fans lives. And I like that. So I enjoy that's one of the better parts of my of my day is getting out and seeing people come back. As far you know, on field, if anybody hasn't seen the roach run, that roach run is incredible. And just seeing those little kids chasing that roach and they know they're going to catch that roach. This is the night. It's happening, right? And just watching them put all their effort into that going across that field. If I'm, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm stopping and watching that roach mm-hmm. run. It's going to happen, right? So um, just that, going around and seeing my staff. I like to stay very in tune with my staff, make sure that they're happy and enjoying working here. Um, so it's, it, I can't say enough good about being at the games. I, I absolutely love, we play 70 home games. I mm-hmm. kind of wish we could do more, you know, 
talk to me in August about that <laughs> when we're doing a field conversion in one day to UWF football. But yeah, yeah August, um, you know, it's it's a challenge because it's hot and everything. But you know how it is. It's bittersweet at the end of the season because mm-hmm. you really do get to see these people you love all the time. And then next thing you know, oh, we've got to wait months now to go see them again. So it's neat. It's a family atmosphere. Well, we use this analogy with our staff a lot. It's a lot like summer camp. Right. You, you, you go off for a right. period of time. You hang out with friends that you only see yep. during the summer. And then when it's over, everyone just kind of goes back home and yep. you see them again in April. It's so true. Summer camp is a perfect analogy for that. I'm going to use that with the staff. You should. I'm going to share that if We're, you don't it's, mind. It's I'll not, give you credit. It's not trademarked by <laughs> Creative Services. so Oh, it's feel, not? Okay, feel, good. Feel free to. Oh, we're going to get shirts made now. <laughs> we should. Welcome to Camp summer. Wahoos? We do have Camp Wahoo coming, coming up. up. I, I think know. in July. How about something that? Like that? So, um, last thing I wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Not only do you, you know, do great stuff with the Wahoos, but as I found out, you're also a pretty good travel agent. You, you, you helped book my vacation to Los Angeles. I do enjoy travel agency. Um, I'm not official, but I like to do that with friends. I know that you had a, a lovely visit out to my neck of the woods out in Southern California. I'm glad that you came back. I mean, we, we enjoyed that you went there and, and you got to experience it. So I'm glad well, you me- had a good time. Mentally, I'm still out there. Are you? Yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I do owe a, a huge thanks to both uh, both you and Mistriano for, for helping out with that. Yeah, so. you, we were proud of you that you hit all the hot spots that we were saying, oh, you got to go here, you got to go there. I made sure to constantly send photos yes, to you yes. too. So. The fact that you basically stepped off the plane and went to In-N-Out Burger, that was, oh, that, that that was, was hilarious. That was an absolute <laughs> definite. And what's funny is I was going to text everybody like the pictures and whatnot, but I was yeah. like, wait, it's... 2 a.m. back home. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just wait until the morning. I'm telling you, Southern California is home for me. You know, mm-hmm. that's because that's where I grew up. But Pensacola is really in my heart now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this is such a great part of the world. So I was I was a little homesick watching your pictures come across and everything. But Pensacola is such a great part of the world, you know, and I've got I'm, I'm sneaky like this. I've got more friends and family coming out to visit me. So I'm hoping they stay right. You never know. You know, got to get them out. Got to get them out here. Yeah. Well, cool, Donna. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do the interview as always. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having to me. Great 2018 season. I'm looking forward to it too. Thanks, Derek. Sitting here at Blue Wahoo Stadium with my two special guests, the broadcast crew for the Blue Wahoos, Mr. Tommy Thrall, and making his Derek Diamond Experience debut, Mr. Chris Garagiola. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Feel bad for Chris that he has to make his debut on the show with me. <laughs> That's, you know, well. I didn't think I'd even be here, so just, just thrilled for the opportunity, Derek, all right? It's all good. It's all good. So um, kind of going back to last season, you know, we, we ended winning the Southern League Championship. How was it, you know, for one, broadcasting that and just that, that moment happening? Because I know, Tommy, you've been here since day one, so what was it like for both you guys you know, seeing that come to fruition? It was a lot of fun, um, you know, Bill Valona who writes for the PNJ always gives me a hard time because of all those lean years we had at the start. And there were, there were, there were some tough seasons that we've struggled through and seen some pretty bad teams. But, you know, when Pat Kelly was the manager, it seemed like year in and year out, the team was competitive, even if they finished right around 500. And, and that team, just the way they got hot, and they did so without Nixon Zell, uh, I think is what really kind of stood out to me about that whole run because, I mean, with him in the lineup, there the, the lineup looks completely different. Uh, obviously we didn't have him. I think it was the last month of the year he was out with the vertigo issue that he had. So, you know, the, the fact that they were still able to rally without him through that postseason run and, and play as strong as they did, it was a lot of fun. And that was a fun group to be around too. So it, it was tough. What little I remember that championship series, just because trying to balance about three different sports with baseball and then high school football and UWF. So it was, it was tough to kind of keep all of that in line while still focus on the championship run and, and really be into it the way you need to be in a series like that. Well, it was funny because, you know, as soon as that game was over, both you and I had to leave to go work a high school football game. So yeah, it was the third championship I've been a part of. And uh, I think it was the only one I didn't celebrate in any way (laughs) afterwards. So my celebration was uh, getting to a football game about an hour before kickoff and uh, hopping in the booth, trying to familiarize yourself with the teams as quick as you can and get ready to do it. People were ready to give you a, I remember a beer shower afterwards. Yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. I have to do something else. Like, yeah. It's, it's, keep it away. Thank you very much. And a nice handshake will do. Right. Like, I got to get going. 
And that was the thing. I, I was in, if I remember right, I was wearing my polo for the football game. I had to do that yeah. night. So I didn't. I was yeah. not even in Wahoo's attire because I just went straight from here to there. And, uh, yeah, it was a whirlwind, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun time. I think one thing I'd just add, what made it such a novelty is there were times throughout the year in the first and the second half where you and I were just like, there's no way we're losing again. Like, this, we're so good. And then two weeks later, we'd be like, we're never winning another series. We, right. we are – we're awful. Like we can't do anything. We can't field. We can't pitch. So, yeah. Towards the end of the year, Jacksonville they were really coming on strong. They kept a lot of their prospects that were in the first half and the second half, and we saw a lot of guys move up. And then when Senzel dropped, the lineup looked just thin. And then the pitching really came together, um, especially in that in that series against Jacksonville to clinch it. And and I think after the first two games and with the hurricane stuff that was going on, and they knew the jumbo shrimp that regardless they were going to have to go. I think to Biloxi and stay mm-hmm. there regardless of what happened. It's just, it, I mean, a tough situation for them. Well, it was a, it was a weird situation all the way around because you're, you're trying to keep your eye on the weather. You're, you're a little uncertain on what's going to happen if there is a championship series, and then that gets canceled. So that, that confuses everything. Jacksonville was worried about what was going on back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were players very concerned about girlfriends, wives, family back, and even pets that were back mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. And so it was just a really weird series, the way it all played out. But, hey, the rings look nice. (laughs) That they do. (laughs) That they do. Uh, A cool thing that that we started doing this past season was we had the opportunity to uh, broadcast on regional television, on CST and locally here on Blab. Personally, like my my favorite thing that we do for the broadcast is the the pregame open, the, the Luke shoots with you guys, and then I put it together and send it off to CST. But there have been some fairly funny moments that have happened that you know the viewers don't get to see. So, uh, what what were some of the more like humorous moments that you guys can remember? You know, I mean, not even specifically to shooting those, but just the season in general. It's and I'm, I'm Chris. You probably have some good ones, but for me, it's just it seems like day in and day out, regardless of what it is, we find a way to laugh at some point, either while we're setting up or while we're in the middle of shooting and trying to do this serious open. We still, I mean, it's hard not to have fun when you're at the ballpark and you've got this view every day, but we do such a great job of just having fun day in and day out. And then, you know, for a while we were shooting them on the field and, uh, well, Chris has some bruises probably still from last year that display prominently the difficulties that that would present from time to time. So that was fun to have to deal with the, the you know, obstacles that may have been tossed our way during that process. Uh, it's a good thing in the sense that it's nice to know that the, the players and the coaches don't mind us having around because they often sort of w- would lurk when we're doing the open and then they, they try and break us. But the, the downside was it just became like way too much fun for them. So, you know, we'd have dance guys dancing behind the camera or, Dick Schofield and 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 Danny Darwin when they were here last year, they would just have a bucket of balls, right? And because it's a waist up shot, right? You can't see what's what's beneath the belt. Well, and Dick Schofield never had enough to do, right? So, well, I mean, he, I mean <laughs> he was always bored, so yeah. he had to find something to do. Really, a lack of ability in, in kind of every aspect, baseball wise. But uh, somehow he ends up in AAA, you know. But it's it's beyond me. But you know, so they're they're just they're messing with us. And and I remember uh, PK the first time he wanted to get in on this. There were two that stand out. The first time he wanted to come in, right? So so Danny and Dick Schofield, underhand tosses, right, as we're going live. Yeah, we're they, trying they to get would, it in one take. So you, you'd feel an impact against your shin, and you just try and Yeah, they're focus. just tossing baseballs at us. So PK, instead of just an underhand toss from about, we'll call it six feet away, just decides to uncork one overhand <laughs> and just, like, right in the kneecap. <laughs> I couldn't even try and subtly play it off. I just straight shot was like, oh, God. It, right was, it was on a bounce, but it was a firm bounce. Yes. I mean, this is like an AstroTurf bounce. I think the audio right picked it up. Yeah, it did. There was a crack. in the. Yeah, it was nice, though. It was good. The second one, so they're, we're doing the open down the right field line, and they're finishing up infield outfield. And I don't know if PK gave Gavin LaValle, the first baseman, the instruction, or they were just on the save wavelength. But he just gave it a straight ole, did Lavalley, and PK rips a grounder, goes right under the glove of Lavalley, and manages to hit me about 110 feet away from home plate, right in the ankle, yep. about halfway through the open. <laughs> and they're just laughing the whole time. That was like, that was definitely deliberate. Oh and, my gosh! Uh, 
Yeah, I think they were speaking the uh, unspoken language of baseball. They they knew what was going yeah. on, and uh, yeah, that was that was well played. But I mean, it was it was fun. I, t- I tell you what, when we went upstairs, I mean, it's like swinging a baseball bat after you take the donut <laughs> off, right? Like we were one take for like two weeks after yeah, that yeah. point. All right, locked in. I hate to say, we might have to bring it back. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. It was just I thought that, and one of the things you know. All the fun aside, one of the more exciting parts of that whole process for me was to watch the evolution of it. You know, we, we started tinkering with it two years ago mm-hmm. during the 2016 season, and then I thought in 2017 it really took on a life of its own and really became a true telecast and and, and had that quality. And it was fun to see the way everybody got into it. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously all of you guys on the production side and then Chris and I and, you know, it, it was something that was I, I've always felt was a total team effort to Absolutely. help make it better and continue to grow it. And it was just fun to see that progress and really be a part of something that grew so much so quickly. Well, even going back and watching the broadcast and seeing, you know, the the batter cards and the lineups and, you know, everything that you guys put in as well, it you hit the nail on the head. It's a true team effort. Like, it really takes all of us, you know, meeting and working together to really make it happen. And it's, yeah, I remember me and Adam talking, like, back in 2014, like, oh, it'd be so great if we were on television every game, and now we get to do it. And so. lo and behold, yeah, and, and I'm sure as a result, it... it it leads to you know us probably having one of the premier MILB TV broadcasts Absolutely. out there because all the stuff that you see on TV now also goes on MILB TV and and we've got a lot of viewers there which is really nice. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're about two weeks away from the season. Who are some of the prospects that you guys would like to see? You know, I know because baseball, there's a ton of prospects for every team, but who are a couple? You know, just off the top of your head you can think of that you'd like to see make an appearance at Blue Wahoo Stadium? It's tough because we saw so many last year. You know, I think this was a little easier to answer last season because you knew Nick Senzel was out there, um, and now we've seen him come and go. He's he's not going to be back here again unless he gets hurt. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But, um, you know, and then Tyler Malley, the way he pitched last year, he's obviously not going to be back. So so you look forward. And, and I remember a guy that I was kind of hoping to see last year that we never saw was Jose Siri. And I think we've got a pretty good chance to see him this season. So he's a guy that, that's got some power in his bat. Um, he's a good hitter. He's a good all-around hitter with some power. I don't think we've seen necessarily a hitter quite like that through here before. Uh, so, so he's going to be exciting. I'm curious to see if we get – Aristides Aquino back and if he's made some progress because he's a very exciting player um and, and then I'm I, I have no idea what the pitching staff's going to look like and, and what kind of prospects we'll have there so that's always exciting and a little nerve-wracking at the same time because we've had such good pitching here over the last few years yeah I think it's time that we we see some bats come through and I know this league sometimes isn't the kindest to hitters it's a real test to see who can take that step to the next level one guy who I really liked last year was Nick Longy who we got in a trade with the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, the problem was we just didn't really have a position for him defensively because it, it got a little crowded in the second half. And then, unfortunately, he injured his arm and had to have surgery. And that ended the rest of his season. But he was off to a really promising start. Um, and he's another guy who can hit to both sides of the field. He's got power. Uh, there's just a lot to like with him. Um, if I had to go on a reach, I'm not sure if he'll make it up here, but a, a prospect I really want to see is Taylor Trammell. Uh, he was the a 2016 draft pick, I think, in the, the comp A round. But top 10 by pretty much every uh, organization that, that looks at prospects for the Reds. Um, he has the chance to be a true five-tool player he was going to play football and baseball at Georgia Tech and then he signed but I mean he had 40 plus steals 13 home runs 20 plus doubles uh last season um in low a so he'll probably start in Daytona and if he makes it out I mean that would be fantastic but but my gosh I mean when was the last time that we saw a true five-tool player come through in the red system if if not in the blue wahoo so uh if he has a great year I'd love to see him come up and and down the, the Blue Wahoo Unis. Last question, because I know you guys love to debate food on the broadcast. Mustard or beer cheese? Oh, it's beer cheese for a soft pretzel without doubt. Beer cheese pretty much trumps mustard in any way, shape, or form. 
I mean, it's beer cheese, but I just want to say this whole food debate is like way overhyped, right? That is not true. Like, we, anyone who listens, the we cover a ton of things, all right? And like, food is just one small. Now, if we're selling something, totally different, right? We'll push that for three innings, okay? Because we care, because wow. we care about the organization. But it's not just because it's like, oh, might as well talk about pretzels. Chef, chef would bring us some amazing creations, and, yeah. and you know, I hate to see. Uh, chef Travis leave, but um, I, I know that we've got another excellent chef this year. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll have the same deal worked out with oh, Chef, where he'll bring up uh, one of his homestand specials. We'll every negotiate homestand. It. But but that was part of the fun is is trying to you know, and some of them we liked more than others, but we had to sell it as though yeah. everything was just the best ever. But uh, yeah, definitely some of them we liked more than others. But that was all just part of the sales pitch. And let's be honest, we like food a little bit too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, it, it's funny because I remember walking out of the production room one day and I heard you guys debating the whole mustard beer cheese thing. So I walk back in, I tell everybody like, oh, Tommy and Chris are debating this. And we all, we all take a consensus vote. We write down, I think it was beer cheese on a sheet of paper and just slip it under the door. So we, just, we, we like to throw our two cents in as well. I don't know how this got into a debate. I must have been hitting the head with a foul ball if I was arguing Team Mustard. I mean, there's nothing wrong, but beer cheese, league of its own. All right? Anybody that I, – I have trouble trusting anybody that would want mustard over beer cheese on a warm pretzel. Understandable. Yeah. I mean, I'm a mustard fan, but when it comes to pretzels, beer cheese is mustard quite, is, quite superior. Mustard is nothing if not complimented with a little ketchup. That's fair. I'm just thinking I, about beer cheese. That's because I kind of want to go get. I kind of want to go get some now. So, I could yeah, go well, for a good beer cheese yeah. soup. Ooh, beer cheese soup. Oh, it's fantastic! I have to try that sometime. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that off air. Around here that have that. That'll yeah. be on Derek Diamond's other podcast, Cooking with Diamonds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. My thanks again to Adam, Anna, Jamie, Donna, Tommy, and Chris for taking the time to talk Blue Wahoos baseball and what they do to prep for a Blue Wahoos game. We're just under two weeks away from opening day if you're listening to this the day it comes out. It's April 11th at 6.30 p.m. So if you want to get tickets, just go to bluewahoos.com or call the box office at 850-934-8444. And speaking of things coming up, this Saturday I'm doing a special Facebook Live podcast featuring the film Survey that I had the pleasure of working on this past summer. I'll be talking with Steve Wise, the director, as well as the cast and crew members about how Survey came together and our time making the whole experience happen. And that's coming up this Saturday, March 31st at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash ddiamondpodcast. But you can also follow me on other forms of social media as well. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at ddiamondpodcast. If you want to check out past episodes of the show, go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all podcasting platforms, and just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. And that's going to do it for this week's show. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.